Welcome back to another episode of Real Chumps. We're chatting about movies feels like hanging out with friends. I'm your host, Marcel, and with me as always is my co-host, Danny. This week, we are discussing the 2019 film Blinded by the Light, directed by Gurinder Chadha and written by uh, Sarfraz Manzor, Gurinder Chadha, and Paul Mayeda Burgess, starring Vivek Kalarand, Kit Reeve, David Heyman, Healy Atwell, Kalarand. <laughs> This guy, Colvinder Gear. Why would you do this? Why? I was, was going to continue to add everyone in there. Um, Haley Atwell. Uh, <laughs> is that really for? That's not for reals. Haley Atwell. Yeah, she was in the movie. What? She was a teacher. Oh my gosh, she is the teacher. <laughs> really. You're right. And she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. She is a Haley Atwell. I didn't even like, I was so enamored by all the other stuff happening in the film uh-huh. that literally it didn't even hit me. I mean, she's like barely in it, right? But like, yeah, she's a teacher. Yeah, yeah. but she's a she's, huge. She, yeah, she's barely, barely in it, but very impactful uh, scenes that she's in. <laughs> to anyone who's listening who's from India, I'm so sorry I butchered every single one of those names. We will do our best to pronounce as best as we can but yes but i was trying yeah you tried that's a for effort a for effort um give me participation points <laughs> uh, before we jump in though uh as a reminder to our listeners and viewers uh we just be sure you're subscribing uh wherever you get your podcast turn on those notifications so that way you never miss an episode and if you're watching on youtube or not make sure you have them on youtube because we always have additional content coming out there to join the conversation, follow us on social media at Real Chums. And if you, at the end of the episode you enjoyed it, we'd love to hear uh, what you thought about it by leaving a review. It really does help us get discovered and, you know, uh, also gives us better feedback so we can yeah. be better. Uh, here's a question for you. Are, are you a Bruce? You're not a Bruce Springsteen, like, big aficionado, are you? Uh, no. The boss did not make it into my home, but uh, you better believe I'm probably going to put some bruce on well, a little bit more on now okay. but i mean we listen to it you we listen to it on our drive yep the, um you go see oppenheimer 70 millimeter yeah it uh oh, i guess my question of the day was gonna be what's your favorite bruce springsteen song probably the running what born to run born to run yeah that's fine it's just I, a, I know it's kind of cliche but like no i love it it's a great song it's a great song yeah it really is it really is a great yeah. song Maybe when we do like a recap, when we get to like a thousand episodes, okay, we'll do we'll do we'll highlight things and we'll like talk about stuff. But anyways, a thousand episodes thing. Um, listeners, if you're on Spotify, scroll down to the bottom. Let us know what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song. Uh, and if you're listening anywhere else or on YouTube, comment below. Let us know. We're going to start this discussion by talking a little bit about Blinded by Light. Um, it's about uh, an immigrant family, an Indian or Pakistani immigrant family who's gone to Luton, uh, England, who are trying to like live their life. And their son then gets introduced to, who is a writer, gets introduced into to Bruce and kind of finds his, his voice, his backbone. How it's, okay. Yeah. His, his backbone, backbone through Bruce and uh, uh, his songs, lyrics, and tries to break the mold that his father is trying to put him in. Yeah. Perfect. 
That's Na- the movie. 1987 Lutton. Yeah, 1987 Lutton. Boy, is it 1987? Boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had never seen this, had you? I, okay, um, I had never seen this movie. Uh-huh. I distinctly remember the uh, posters for it and thinking I, that, I think even, I think I did try to go see it at one point, but something happened or I, I'm not exactly sure. I just, I'm, I distinctly remember a lot of the, the, the posters and things from that. Cause uh, I think it came out, it came out in um, 2019, 2019. It was, it premiered at Sundance. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember who, who's the distributor that bought it, but it was a, a Sundance movie. Um, and it was getting, uh, or Warner, Warner brothers. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it was getting a lot of like buzz around Sundance. I remember. And like reading a lot about it, like people were really enjoying it and, and really talking great stuff about it. But yeah, um, and then a pandemic hit, or and the pandemic hit, and was that was that twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, there. I mean, it, Sundance is. Uh, anyways, I can't. Sundance remember. is February, yeah, of, of every year. Um, and then, so, but then by the time like it, by the time it was bought and released, I think it wasn't released until like July. Mm. So it was like the second half of the of the of twenty nineteen when it yeah made it to. Theaters, theaters. So, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, like I said, I, I remember the some of the stuff, and it was like, oh, that looks like a pretty sweet movie. I didn't really like. I never saw that. I didn't see the trailer. Had no real like perspective um, until you brought it up when we were on a road trip to go see Oppenheimer in seventy millimeter. Uh, and you're also, I guess, we talked about this. The boss never made it into your home. Are you? Are you like a classic rock kind of guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love... You, you listen to anything. I listen to anything. I mean, I listen... We had a, I had a huge uh, Van Halen, me and my homies. Okay. We loved Van Halen. Yeah. Um, we listened to them. Uh, I listened to a lot of Rush. Um, once I, you know, Rock Band came out and... Uh, band. Dude, right? Oh, and uh, so, you know, playing Tom Sawyer and like that song. So I wanted to hear more of Rush. Also, I really loved the bass guitar. So mm-hmm. like they have such great riffs. Um. And so, I don't know, I, I listen to quite a bit of stuff. And, you know, I appreciate media be, like in movies like this because it reintroduces us into some of these iconic movies, music, you know, music and artists that passed us by, right? Like, yeah. it could be whether, whether that be a specific song to help, you know, that for a moment in a movie or maybe in, like, you know, some, some other medium. Mm-hmm. Um like a podcast or whatever. Uh, to me, I appreciate it because then I can go back and like feel someone else's connection or find someone else's passion for it. Learn from it, want to hear more and I want to discover it myself. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Memphis and I did a, I did a whole uh, video, like a, a report on um, not Elvis Presley, but uh, Johnny Cash's boyhood, boyhood home. Okay. Went and did a whole piece on that um, and like learned a lot about that and like got to talk to a lot of individuals who love Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, yeah. Right? Um, so ended up listening to a lot of Johnny Cash. Right. Uh, and in fact, I like a lot of his older stuff as he got older. Oh, his more, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Recent stuff. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. So, cool. yeah, more streets. Yeah. Not, not yeah. yeah. Is older. Him when, being older. Him being older. Most recent. Most recent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, okay, cool. Um, so I I saw this. Did you see in theaters? I did not see this in theaters. 
I saw, I remember seeing like the, the trailers for it. Like I said, I heard a lot of buzz around it from Sundance. And then it wasn't until like, like I said, later in the year, it was on, uh, I took a flight for work. Um, and it was like there on the screen on a Delta flight. And I was like, oh, I've been wanting to watch this. Should I watch it here? I had, I, I had, I had just like finished like a season of the office on that little screen. <laughs> and so I was like, sure, I'll watch it. So then I, I put it on. I watched it on the flight. Loved it. Okay. I, except I didn't like, I think I had like five minutes left when I landed and had to turn it off. Um, and then immediately after, like, as soon as I got out, I'm like, why don't I listen to more Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> and then I just got on Spotify. I'm like, let's put on some Bruce. Uh, and it was like a, it was a work trip in Texas. I think it was Dallas. And so like the rest of my time, I was just like listening to, to the boss. To the boss. And I was like, this is great. Like, I, like I, I know Bruce Springsteen. I know the songs. Yeah. Uh, but like never really sat down and like, let's just listen to only Bruce. Um, and that was, so that was like my first time. And then on my flight back, I finished the, those last five minutes. I was like, oh yeah, this is so good. It is so good. It is a great movie. It's a phenomenal movie. And I'm so excited that you, that we're going to do it because I know you've been dying to talk about this with somebody. And listen, people usually go like, honestly, I'm okay. If you stop this podcast right now, go watch this movie and then come back yeah. because it's that good. It's, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface my my conversation about this movie with this. This is just a, an all around feel good movie. Yeah. Okay. It is you you leave like just happy. Yes. Like you feel fulfilled. You feel like the world is a better place after watching this movie. It is over the top cliche. Okay. <laughs> In my opinion. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it. Super cliche, but but I'm okay with it because everything else just hits perfectly. What genre would you classify this movie as? Uh, a drama comedy. Okay. Comedy drama. A coming of age drama. Yeah, a coming of age comedy. Comedy drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm putting it. Well, let's talk about this coming of age. Let's talk about our, our main character, Javed. Um, so Javed, he's a British Pakistani, like you mentioned, and his family, they live in Luton. And I just, I want to talk about Javed, obviously, because this is his journey of finding, you said a backbone, um, finding his voice, finding his personality in 1987, Luton, England. Um, and just the journey that he takes, right? This is a coming of age in the sense that he's finishing what we in America would consider high school and getting ready to go to university. Yeah. Um, and he still, like, I love how the movie puts so much emphasis on, like, he's never had a girlfriend. He's never kissed a girl. <laughs> <laughs> the contrast between him and his best friend, right? Who who has by now like finished school? He, he or he didn't continue schooling and yeah, and he's just out partying and help tells his dad uh, on the weekend sell clothes and yeah, uh, you know, hundred percent. Just this weird. It, it's a. 
I think what I thought was actually pretty intriguing about this is that like it wasn't based in America, which mm-hmm. uh, again I really appreciated because it gave me a glimpse to like not a different culture mm-hmm. for like th- this aged kids. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and and just like the dynamic of like schooling, a little bit of like how they look at it. Sure. Um. I don't remember everything about economics in high school. <laughs> and maybe that's just because like a diff- difference yeah. of like cultural background, they're Pakistani and they, they're like, no, I mean, I mean, I know some parents are like, no, you should become an accountant. Yeah, yeah. Like my dad was an accountant or my dad, mom was a teacher, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember an economics class in high school. Did you have an economics class in high school? I, we did. I never took it. Um, Maybe I'm just oblivious. <laughs> I mean, obviously in college, I, I took yeah, I mean, one, yeah, of course. But uh, I don't think I took one in in high school though. <laughs> I'm like that would have been beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you do know the story of this, right? Like how it's yeah. based, inspired on a true story by right? by uh, the 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 writer Sarfraz Masur. Yeah, yeah. He's actually uh, he's still a journalist today. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he writes for the yep. New York Times. No, he does a columnist for some for something, and then he writes for not Guardian, but like some other. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. other British um, yeah. publication. I love, yeah, I love that it that they kept it. Obviously, I mean, it's inspired. It's. I was listening to a director, uh, or I'm listening to an interview from the director Green there, and and she was talking about like the many liberties they had to take, right, um, to create more of a drama on for for the story, for the sake of the story. Yeah. Um, but this idea that the that the movie has the backdrop of of 1987 L- England, you have the big presence of of the National Front, right? This extreme right uh, neo Nazi group that that was making a big presence in 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 the UK and and just the treatment of of Pakistanis um, and anyone that was not white yeah right um and and that that also shapes him uh jay javed's character into who he's going to become so he's this kid who just has no voice there's a point in 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 his in the movie where he says in my home uh the only voice that matters my my, yeah my my dad's my dad is the only one that's allowed to have an opinion or something like that right yeah, yeah and so he has no voice um, he carries that over into school. He's not, he's unsure of himself. He, there's this backdrop of, of hate towards Pakistanis in, 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 in England. And this almost like unsure, um, identity, right. Of who am I to the point where at one point, like he, his dad keeps reminding him, you're Pakistani. He's like, no, I was born. I'm British. I was yeah. born here. Yeah. Right. And this constant like clash of identity. I, I want to talk about that because like I think obviously as, as an immigrant myself, like this is what like this movie resonates to me with me from that aspect. Not that I'm Pakistani, but like there's a a common story among all immigrants. And it at some point it's about identity. It's about this cultural gap. It's about um, opportunities or lack of opportunities, right? right? And and these are these are just common 
themes among all immigrants that really tie this movie together. I couldn't agree more. I felt, although I didn't immigrate directly from Mexico, my parents did, mm -hmm. I was very much like Jay. You're very much like Jay, yeah. Where I was born here in the States, but I had two parents who were very, you know, Mexican, but had, you know, d different personalities. And I love that this movie really does a, a phenomenal job at like highlighting the two things that kind of can play out in a home um, for not only the youth, but for parents. Mm, yeah. Um, and like they did a phenomenal job in the sense of feeling of like this idea of like you, there, in some immigrant homes, it is very much like you don't get opinions. I came here for this. And so you're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. In others, you know, another, it's like, there's not a presence because they're consumed by work to provide the benefits. Right. And so maybe, and then due to circumstances or the environment that they're in, some immigrant children, like, or just individuals look at their life. They don't f see any sort of hope. Yeah. They're, yeah. And it, maybe that's no hope for like their dreams. Maybe that's no hope for like actual success of like, m you know, moving forward in life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, then, and then, then, then there's the, the situation where like both situations find uh, opportunities. Some situations where like, the kid goes on, but then never speaks to their parents again because they have a conflict and like that conflict is then they don't get to, they, they feel so hurt that they don't ever have it. And I, I felt like this movie did a really good job of depicting some of those things um, uh, really well. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the, the dad is played by cool vendor gear. What a great performance oh. from the dad phenomenal performance and, and and it's great because like yes we we we're following uh javed's journey right right but the the movie gives us uh moments where we are seeing the dad whether you know cultural differences um age gap different era different time right it, it was it's very much a very patriarchal environment um there are times even like where everyone works um, and the dad comes home from work and he just extends his hand out, like, whatever you made, give it to me because I manage the finances. Yeah. Right? That was uh, brutal. It was very brutal. And I remember the first time, like, I was watching, I'm like, freaking the dad, man. Like, you, do you, go ahead. But the, mo the movie gives me moments where I feel and I'm in pain with that because he loses his job, right? And there are times where, like, he's coming to the realization that his wife is working, that the kids are working, right? And that he constantly is talking about he, they, they immigrated to this country so that way they could have a better life. And he's now questioning what's, mm. what better life have I provided? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I love that, that that isn't just, you know, one-sided there's some dimension uh, and depth that they give to the to the to the dad's character um, for us to kind of feel and not necessarily like take his side, but not villainize him either. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way of saying that because like 
I, I was worried at a point feeling like, oh, are they going to like have Jay want to be like upset at his dad? Like, is he going to be, is there going to be, is it going to come a, a breaking point? Or is he just going to continue to like dig his in, his heels in and stuff? And I, I really, I felt that a lot of the character arcs in this film were really done really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they were done in, um, like, kudos to the writers. Like, I felt like overall the whole, you know, obviously it's based off um, Manzur's life, but the fact that they sat down and said, okay, let's try to, let's make this into something that will tell a story that that is, that gets the idea across, mm-hmm. not just trying to be, him being okay with understanding, okay, what is, what's going to help with this situation, right? Yeah. Um, but pay respect to my family and to my, my life. I like that you said that. So, um, um, Garin there, she, she did an interview for the, the director's guild. Um, and she, she said that she's like, yeah, the book came out and it, it's a really fascinating story of how this movie came to be like, I think the, I think it, we'll it, leave a show. We'll leave a link. We'll leave the show, the show notes. notes. Yeah, um, but like in in this forty five minute long interview, she she only got asked like two questions because it was like, how did this movie come out to be? And like that took like thirty minutes of, of a story. Long story short, though, but that that's something that she pointed out. She's like, we have to take this story and honor uh, Mansour's uh, memoir that he wrote, but also taking into consider, in, consideration that these are real individuals that experience these things. And obviously not over-dramatize dramatize. Dram, over dramatize, um, certain elements, but make sure we're telling a, a cohesive story that we honor both culture and the opportunity to welcome in new, uh, a new culture. And so uh, I, I think you said it perfectly. I, I think they do a great job. And Gurinder wrote the screenplay with with her husband Paul. Um, and so, like, it's just it's a great it's a great story. Yeah. What what okay? What are some of the things? I mean, we're talking about uh, Javed and his family. To give it a little better context, Javed's dad uh, worked at like some GM plant, mm-hmm. right? That was probably provided a lot of the jobs in the area. Um, this is post, or this is, um, there's tensions with, with like you said, the, some political parties, um, with uh, neo-Nazism, with, you know, immigrants in like being a small town, uh, that whole aspect. You have His, the backdrop of, of, of Thatcher yep. and, and, and Reagan, Reagan, Reaganomics. Yep. The, all, all the stuff that, you know, that kind of, in, in a, I mean, we, we hear about right, like how, you know, it impacted here in the U S you know, love that I got to hear a little bit more of it. What, you know, across the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also his, so his mom works, uh, as like a seamstress as like a, for some, I don't know, maybe some other, uh, business owner that needs additional help yeah. to done. So she takes it to, to Javed's mom. Then he's got two sisters, both of them are older. Oh, sorry. One older, one younger. I think they're both older. older. Th- Although one of them, the oldest, is a cousin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So one sister, then a cousin. Um, anyways, so the whole, with everything, I felt like they, 
sometimes when you have these like um, based on two stories and you have like a family dynamic, you have to like balance, like there's a weird balance of like what you do, including like you might introduce them early and then you don't have anything else for the rest of the film or mm -hmm. like weird stuff. I felt like they did a really good job. I think actually Javid and his sister's dynamic particularly okay. was a fun one. Yeah. I, I, to me, I felt like um, the moments we did have with his sister um, felt really, they felt genuine. Like they felt like they were written um, that helped progress Jay's like personal arc and his, in his growth coming into his finding his voice and his personality, and his backbone for himself. Yeah. Um, in a pivotal time period moment in the film that I thought was like the day timer. Yeah, the daytimer. I love that it's called a daytimer. Me too. I thought it was. A, I was like, oh, this is a whole, this is a whole other like. Uh, well, what am I looking at? like? It's just a whole other uh, culture, not culture, but like I, the way I think I thought about the daytimer. So a day, daytimer is like apparently all these Pakistani and other uh, Asian um, culture or individuals who go to like private schools or whatever, they skip out to go to a day daytime club. A daytime club, yeah to have in fun and connect and to mingle because otherwise they won't be able to do it. Cause as we know earlier in the film, like his best friends, like come over to the party and he says like, you're not going. Yeah. Yeah. His parents, you know, uh -huh. his dad particularly controls everything. And so like they do this date, we find out later that we, they, they do, do this, a day, a day timer, a day timer. And it's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just one of those interesting that like, they like, these things happen so that those individuals can find their own selves. Cause yeah. like you find yourself doing things and going out and interacting with people and, you know, finding out if you like to dance or what music you like to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all this, all these sorts of things that really was, it, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was beautiful. Um, and I, I don't know. I just thought it was a very nice. I love that. You, I love that you bring it up. Cause I think the first time I watched this, so this is, I think the second time, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. It, it 100% is, uh, and, I, and I'll talk about it why, but like the first time I watched it, I think my, my favorite scene was when he's, uh, when he listens to Bruce for the first time, right? Mm. And he goes outside and there's a storm and the projector, which yeah. we're going to get to that in it's a, a beautiful, second. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene. Um, but anyway, second time around. A day timer is 100% my favorite scene for these reasons. Because er, before this, we see um, the interactions that Jay has with his sister and his cousin. They're very... Uh, minimal. Minimal. And, and, and not because... And, and on purpose, right? It's not, that they, it's not that they had all these scenes and they cut them out. No, it's, that is the relationship that they have. To the point where at one point he, he tells uh, Shaisa, his sister, like... You, you and the cousin, or I was born in a different, in the, in the wrong family at the wrong time, right? Like, I don't belong here. But then we go to the daytimer, and it's just like we see her personality come out. And we see him look at his sister as like, oh, no, you, you are a teenager. You also have these experiences or want to have these experiences that I yearn for, but we can't in our home. So you... Do it in this daytimer, whereas I do it through the medium of writing, mm -hmm. right? 
and and especially the scene where or like the line that when she comes out and he's like he's like you're you're a pakistani madonna yeah. <laughs> i love it so good that was delivered so perfectly uh you're 100 like i um it's so interesting to me that, that i mean i get it i totally feel you that like i mean this is my first time watching it and i just thought like there's just so there they, they did some phenomenal stuff with cinematography with storytelling in this film there's a lot of great things to love in this film but i do think that like there's something about that scene and i think like i said there in in another time or if some other studio they could have easily come in they could easily make another version of this of like but focus on like her the oh, sister okay. yeah on the sister. or even like you know like same you know maybe it's her, you know, Shaiza as an uh, as a mother dealing with her own daughter mm-hmm. and her own, her own daughter doing the, the, same, the same thing. Anyways, I'm just saying, like it was, but it was it was wonderful to see have have Jay look at his sister and realize that that like we're not that we're not that different. We're not that different. And and every not all no all pack no every Asian person here you know pakistani indian or whatever um that they are dealing with the same stuff that he's dealing with but they found this is a medium that they've come together as a as a group to express themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um let's let's jump into the boss and into jay and like how that's impacted all of it there's I I brought this up in 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 our or in our show notes um, about how how music how can music be a tool for self expression and finding one's identity, right? And this movie does that. So we we both did uh, band and jazz and whatnot growing up, and I think for both of us, like that really shaped. Oh, absolutely, bro. Us in, in so many ways, right? Yes. In the arts, in, in our love for, for just like music in general. But I was definitely that kid in high school or in junior high and high school who was not listening to like modern day music. And I was listening to like the classics, the 60s, 70s, 80s rock. Um, I went through a massive phase, mainly because my brother influenced me on Rage Against the Machine. It's great, okay? man. And that's all I would listen the the scene where he finally like gets a shirt and he cuts it off right to look more like Bruce. I was that kid who like would sneak into his older brother's <laughs> closet and pull out that Rage Against the Machine shirt and wear it and with some big political statement, not really understanding <laughs> it myself, but I just thought I was so cool because no one else was listening to Rage at that time. I was right. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm Marcel. Listen to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> but but I love this idea of like music. How can music be a tool for self-expression? And how can we leverage it to find our own identity? It or how has it helped you? Right. I think, you know, um because the movie does this really well for Jay, right? Yeah. He's introduced to Bruce. And and his 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 classmate says Bruce is the direct line between, uh, what does he say between oh. us and everything that's wrong with the world. Oh, that's right, right. And then Jay says, "What does he know about me? Yeah, a Pakistani boy 
In 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 Luton. Is it Luton or Luton? Luton. 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 Whatever. We'll go with whatever we call it. Yeah. Um, and so like he, he's like, what, what does this guy from the sixties know about from Jersey know about my experience? Right. But as he digs into the lyrics and then to the music, he finds that identity. Have you ever had an experience like that? Ooh, that's a really great question. Um, I don't know if I've necessarily have it, had it be discovered via music, like a specific artist or words directly. Mm Mm-hmm. But music as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for Jay, like what what I found really interesting about Jay is that like Jay was a writer first. Mm-hmm. And every artist, every musician, I mean, every musician is at heart a writer that yeah. wants to that wants to like help amplify that story, that 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 whatever via with music, right? Um and for me like, I think I've, like, I grew up Michael Jackson, the Beatles, didn't really listen to a lot of rock, a lot of banda, um, <laughs> a lot of, like, ranchero, like, or, um, you know, um, uh, what's what's one of the Mexican artists' name? A lot of Mexican artists that, like, I can't remember their names, but, like, you put it on, I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I remember driving to California, having to <laughs> listen to this music, and it be there, right? Um, but as I got into marching band and I started, there was something about marching band and, and doing wind ensemble and jazz band that I think for me, may, for me personally had, gave me the, the sense of like, you know, in marching band, they often talked about like, you're only as good as your weakest player. Yeah. Okay, because um, in Marching Man you had to not only play, but you had to know your like sequences for what was the next move to the next move within the music, mm-hmm. um, and be on the right, left, and right. You know, on the right foot, you had to know your music, right? So there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But like for me, that I don't know that stuff made me realize that I was part of something bigger. Okay, that made me connect and feel that passion for the fact that like as i listen to this as we hear that that i'm not the only one that likes this song or like that collectively we become passionate about it and it's i what i think i love the scene in the movie where jay and his uh um good friend rude rude right yes roop 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 uh who is uh, is Indian Punjabi? No, no, he's Sikh. Sikh, Sikh, yes. Um, so he's Sikh, and you know him sharing that, but then having this moment of like racism by these three white dudes that are the same age, treating them like crap, and then coming together to sing a Bruce song. That collective feeling, I've never, I felt, no, I've felt that in a, in a ver- different ways, but I know what that feeling is of like, you start to sing something or you start to like the idea of what this is comes together. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you're, you're, you just feel an overwhelming emotion of like excitement of joy, of confidence, of all these things that come together because you're not, you're, you're singing out loud with other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I love that you bring that up. So the director, Gurinder, she mentioned that that scene, she wrote out dialogue for them going out, going and standing up to the, to the bullies mm. there in that cafeteria, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, it was, it was like a paragraph or two of, of them like finding the strength and finding the words and just telling these guys off. Yeah. She's like, but I changed that. Because there's a power in using lyrics and not just using, but of, of, in this case too, but a community coming together with lyrics and, and finding that strength. Dude, can I, so like, yeah, it's, 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 it, that's what it is, right? Yeah. I remember like how, I can't tell you how many times we were in, you know, getting ready to go to a competition for band in high school and we start, you know, we were like the first year I did marching band. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the one that vividly sticks out to me because it was my first year marching band. Marching band technically was for high school kids. Yeah. But I was in eighth grade. I just I took one year of, of band class, mm-hmm. heard that I could be in marching band. And my mom was like, okay, if you want to, if that's, if you're going to commit to it. And I'm like, okay. And I did. I freaking did the whole summer thing. I was like, I mean, I was an eighth grader with a whole bunch of these high school kids. They called me <laughs> little man because, because like you would see the march, like you would see all the marching band, and then also you see this little trombone player this just, dip. just <laughs> completely dip. Um, and uh, like, and so, but we did Wicked, and okay. I remember singing that some person started singing like a little bit and or like humming or doing the lyrics or the music to what we were playing, and then they would start singing. And it was collective, just energy and excitement and passion and understanding and, and realizing that like we're going to do a great job here and it's like again it's just that empowerment of like confidence that i think i don't know i don't feel like you can find in sports because like when you think of coming of age movies you often think of a sport movie or some other like high school like sure yeah yeah some sort of thing mm-hmm. this is not the and it's, and and to me, like the the fact they had music this because it's it's like music can really determine how an individual or who the individual is and the time period you listen to it can have a huge impact on like how that influences you. Yeah, if you're really listening, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know that, that scene, that feeling, not only for that scene, but like for Jay, like in, when he first listens to Bruce, he has an argument with his, his dad and he's like upset with everything. Right. And he puts that music on and there's like a hurricane, uh, warning or storm warning or whatever. Yeah. And he like goes out. Let's, let's talk about that scene. Yes. So yeah, he, he gets into an argument. He Goes out of his way and throws away all his poems, everything he's written. All his, yeah. <clears throat> he throws it his away. Prose. Yeah, and um, and he goes back inside, and he comes across the the tape, the yep. Bruce Pre- Springsteen tape, and he puts it on, and it's um, dancing in the dark. Yeah, oh, such a great song. Anyways, um, and so so he has this, and and it's resonating. It hits with him. He goes outside. And everything that Bruce, again, is expressing and, and talking about these hardships in life, the unfairness and this, this feeling of, of inadequacy mm-hmm. in this song. 
in that um, you, you, you can't start a fire uh, without a spark, right? Yeah. And, and it just, it powers him and it, and it invigorates Jay and it, he goes outside. But I, I kind of want to talk about like how it was shot, right? Because Gurinder decides to show like scenes or shows the lyrics pop up on, on, this, on, on the screen. Yeah. And then at one point she, he goes over to like the garage. Yeah. Like storage, you know, storage units. And then there's a projector that's just projecting the, yep. the lyrics. This scene borders being like cheesy. Mm. But it never, but it does, but it, but it's not. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because when you were saying that earlier in the pod that you were like, this is like cheesy and I'm, or cliche or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, is it? I think the cliche comes in like the, the way like, I, I knew that he and his dad were going to get into some kind of like, yeah. like, uh, a cliche coming of age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. There was going to be like a fallout, Jesus. fallout between them. And then something was going to happen to bring them back together. And they were going to see eye to eye and be like, yes, I support you a hundred percent. Right. Like it's cliche in that aspect. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, but but that scene though, like it, it it's it borderline is can be cheesy because it's like you have like lyrics coming up, right? Well, because like, yeah, it's, I mean it's a movie, and then you're like, wait, am I in a music video? Yeah, and like he he's outside, and the wind is blowing, right? So like yeah, yeah. his shirt's like flowing in the air, and so like it's like it's borderline cheesy music video, but it to me it never reached that line. I would agree. I, I think the reason why is because there is something to be said about the first time you hear a song that you resonate with, that you're like, whoa, I got to listen to that again. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved the, the project, the projection, um, the projection mapping on the, the home as he's outside in, in finding his own spark and like, coming to a term of having the spark take hold as he's listening to these lyrics. Yeah. That's what I feel like is happening. It's like, he's, she, they visually, they're, they're visually adding an experience and having us into a degree, guiding us to try to help us feel the experience with, with Jay. Jay. And talk to me and, and maybe you can talk to this a bit better, but like, the framing in that scene, right? It, it's it's so which here's here's a shot right here, uh, here of what the scene looks like, right? He's in the there's storage units. He's standing right in the middle, right? And on both sides, you have the projectors coming. Um, why choose to to frame the the shot like that? Like, I guess for me as an amateur have never filmed anything before. Right. I would That's be a lie. <laughs> you filmed some stuff for a video. I would be the guy who I'd be the director who would have him kind of like walking back and forth. My, my, the way that I would have probably depicted the scene is you're, you're experiencing all these feelings, these emotions that are resonating, connecting through these lyrics. And I want you to kind of not just not necessarily pace back and forth, but I want you to like, dance to maybe dance a little or have the have this emotion in you not dance see i would have made it cheesy 
You you feel like that? Because I feel like he's grooving. He's grooving, but I I probably would have done it like up against like a wall that doesn't have so much um, clutter. Clutter. Yeah, that's what it is. So I think part of it. I think I mean I bet you anything is part of it's like the location they had available. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Um. I don't. I, to me, I think that again, I think it's this is a location they could do that they that they were able they could probably throw up on there. Um. I also think that part of it's like, uh, the boss is a working class. Like he he talks about working class ideas and yeah. and so you throw it on some like if you if you did some sort of more tailored to there then it does become a music video then it does become or a lyric video not that that was a i mean i mean yeah some you know to that effect mm -hmm. but it um and it takes you away from jay we're 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 finding the depiction uh a visual representation of what Jay's feeling on the inside. Right. And I think that, you know, I, I think that that's what makes it not cheesy. Cause if you did do it, not with like projected mapping and some of these text words coming on you, it would be a little bit more music video, music video -y or cheesy or, yeah. Um, but, but for whatever reason, like, in the edit when they put it together or even if they were like scripted it this way i i think it was it, it's beautiful like it's it really it, does it does like it helps it helps you connect it does if you've never liked bruce i think that this movie would make you actually want to listen to bruce did it make you want to listen to bruce i wanted to listen to bruce after our road trip yeah. but <laughs> then then watching this movie it really made me want to like listen more to bruce yeah uh, I, I think you said it perfectly. I think, um, and maybe this is the lesson as like a, as a filmmaker, like leveraging in this case, using a real projector and projecting it up against uh, the wall. Like what a great way to like frame your character and, and frame the shot because, you know, it has the lighting and at times it was two, two projectors on each side of him and like frame him. But it's also an invitation. It's not necessarily breaking the fourth wall, but it's an invitation to the viewers to listen to these lyrics. Yeah. Listen to why this is um, having an impact on Jay. Not just by having the, the lyrics come up and pop on screen, but like by projecting them. Mm -hmm. And it is encircling him and it's taking over him just as it's taking over this shot, right? Um, I just, I, I love that scene. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Um, I I think well, and it's it, and it's it's a wonderful start to what the start of Jay's journey mm -hmm. um, for him to discover himself. I mean, he's he throughout the film we we're dealing with um, you know your family immigrant status. You're dealing with uh, racism, like we've talked about. You're dealing with like. Um, cultural expectations like yeah. his you know friend when he gets you with girl oh i have a friend she's not fussy <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> so good um you know and him you know this this it, as well as like finding new friends that like introduce you to things and uh -huh. and, and and all these sort of things the one I, I do think that like 
I felt was really um, the two things. The two themes that I felt like did a really good job mm-hmm. playing out was finding the voice, obviously, and I part Haley Atwell, who I obviously missed, <laughs> who is amazing. I I mean I love it. I mean, again, we need more Haley Atwell. We do need more Haley Atwell. Again, in this film, I'm like. I, I can't believe I didn't like connect it, but she does. She, she like pushes Jay. Yeah. Not only pushes it, but she's like, look, I submitted some of your stuff because like, you're not going to like, obviously she understood who this individual was. Mm -hmm. Right. And having that external push with this internal discovery, with the connection that he has with Roop really is a it it plays out really nicely and again it comes back to the fact that like i think to me he kind of solidifies a lot of his his understandings for what his back what he wants when he goes to that day uh the uh day tripper no the daytime they, the, yeah the the club with his sister daytimer the daytimers right um and i it's really awesome and more importantly i absolutely love that jay and jay's dad or jay's mother calls out her dad the dad yeah for looking at it in not the same eyes that he did right you came here to change something different did you also not rebel against your dad right yeah to to leave pakistan and come here it's 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 a great way to like, again, not villainize the dad, but to bring him down and to make him, for us to see his perspective, for us to kind of side, not side, but understand him and also see why he is the way that he is, but give him an opportunity to grow and change and, and make, as a character, make decisions that will see his growth. I mean, I think as, a, as an immigrant son, I like... I think that this could be a huge, this could be a totally different movie for my mom yeah. or for my dad, you know, looking at it and try, and maybe seeing themselves in the parents a little bit mm-hmm. and like maybe seeing something like, and maybe hopefully maybe whatever family that might, um, cause like there's a whole, there's a whole, the whole scene where the dad's like, if you leave, you know, I will never, I, I won't, I'll never forgive you, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll never forgive you. Don't well, come that's back. What, that's what the mom says too. Yeah, yeah, to the dad. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah. But like before that, he's like, "Don't then if you leave, don't come back don't or whatever." Come back, right? Yeah. Like you're leaving and you're gonna yeah. be an adult, right? But there are people out there that have left and then never spoken to their parents again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like there are homes that that in all in throughout all history and forever will be. Situation like this happen, um, whether you're an immigrant or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. you make a decision. Your parents say, "Then don't, don't you know, come back. Don't come back." I hope this film finds those individuals on both ends, and that they can maybe work through some of those feelings and feel like maybe I was wrong. And that's why I think this movie is just an all around like feel good movie because yes. it addresses yes to the immigrant, but I don't think I don't think. It's not, yeah, it resonated with me because I, 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 I've seen a lot of these hardships or I've seen a lot of these uh, experiences, right? Uh, shared experiences. 
but also for non-immigrants, for just a family or for an individual, for someone who's wanting to find their own voice with their own identity, for a parent who, who at times may feel inadequate, right? It it's, has such universal themes yeah. that it makes, which is why I love this movie. Yes. That even though it's, yes, it's a little bit cliche, it just hits so well. Yeah. And, and I think talking about the legacy of this movie, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it didn't do as well at box office wise as maybe what the studio had wanted. Um, but I think this is just a total winner. Winner. Absolutely. It, if you haven't seen this, like go watch it. You like the performances are phenomenal. The, the, like you I think the idea that like, this is, I mean, we didn't even talk about it, but like Jay's eventual kind of girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma? Emma, I think, yeah. You know, she's going through some sort of thing with her parents and like rebelling yeah. and trying and seeing that they're racist and like um, culturally, culturally ignorant, but mostly racist. But mostly racist, yeah. Um, and the whole, just so great. I, I'm so glad that I watched this for this podcast and I'm hundred percent when we're like, this will probably be the first movie to be like, Oh man, I haven't seen a movie. You got any recommendation? Blinded by, Blinded the, light. by the light. I, you have no idea how many times I've told people to watch this and like, I don't know. I just, it, it's a phenomenal movie. If you, again, hopefully you paused if you hadn't seen this to this, uh, pause the podcast when I watched it and have joined the conversation, but it's just a fun all around good movie um any any last thoughts impressions on blinded by the light i want you to go first on this this movie will resonate with me for a long time i think had this movie come out when i was a teenager i would have just eaten it up as an adult i eat it up (laughs) (laughs) uh but as a as a father as as someone who's now in, in in the shoes of of where his parents were when they migrated and seeing the sacrifices and and the hopes and dreams um it, it just it's a beautiful movie and bruce springsteen I'm, I'm one of those people who i struggle with lyrics like oh dude like I, I hear a song on the radio or not on the radio who listens to the radio but i hear a song and i'm just like oh cool and then like i'll pre- start singing along and my wife will be like, that's not what that's saying. I'm like, I don't care, but that, it makes sense, right? Like I, I'm not one to like deep, dig deep into like lyrics. Yeah. But this movie changed that for me with Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and Bruce, the boss, he is just, Killer. his songs just, even though they were written 40 plus years ago, resonate today. today to me here in 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 as an immigrant in united states as a father they hit still to this day (laughs) those are my thoughts your final thoughts on this movie my my final thoughts i think that this movie i think my final thoughts with this movie is that i love that it's a culmination of many arts brought together Hmm. to craft a beautiful message that, like you said, will resonate for everybody. If you take a moment to sit down and listen. I think one one last thing that I had to say was that the neighbor 
yeah truly i not only the name but like that that um you know the one nf you know poem that he wrote oh yeah and has the neighbor come over was beautiful i i truly appreciated that like you you're like i don't know what this individual has is you know you don't know and then something happens and you find out that like they're on your side like i don't want to say that but that's the only way i could think of it but like that's what it is to in some to some degree some immigrants have that feeling you're always worried about like oh yeah what is what is someone saying or whatever i i have to stay in my lane so that i don't i don't want any boat yeah and i don't know i just like truly appreciated that um and like you said i think that like this movie will forever be applicable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's about a different time period in a different era Yet anyone who listens to this, anyone who ends up, you know, like will, will f connect to it. Will be able to understand that, that journey, that story, that impact, and, and, uh, and then w with that, come to listen to Bruce and want. You can carry that forward by you know listening to Bruce's music, and be reminded of these of that one of how this impacted another individual. Yeah, freaking awesome. Great movie. Um just incredible movie thank you for putting this on. The i'm glad you liked it because oh absolutely i was like oh, i want to watch it i want to revisit it i want to talk about it and i was like i hope danny likes it so yeah i was crying at the end and he's <laughs> like are you crying <laughs> did she watch it with you yeah yeah uh she was crocheting uh and i'm like yes i'm crying <laughs> yes I'm crying. why are you not crying <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good it gets me teary-eyed every time oh yeah um, I, will, I will cry every single time I watch yeah this, for seriously sure. yeah uh, well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And again, we would love it if you could subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a review. Again, it really helps us get discovered um, on the charts. More importantly, what did you think of uh, Blinded by the Light? Is there anything that, that you love that you want to share in the comments below? Follow us on social at Real Chums to join the conversation You or email us at your at realchums.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Rubio underscore TV. And I'm also on Twitter uh, as Marstrosity, M-A-R-Z-T-R-O-S-I-T-Y. Join us next week. We are beginning the spooky season of well, uh, Halloween. Uh, 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 fair warning, we are not like horror fans no horror movie fans <laughs> but it is spooky time so and we if this is part of the show is <laughs> watching movies that we're probably not gonna pick on the first try but by spooky we're gonna start we're gonna we're gonna ease our way into spookiness because we're starting with uh m night Shyamalan signs so i recently saw a clip and i was like oh i'm so glad we're revisiting this <laughs> i have i have this is one of those movies where like I remember where I saw it, my first time watching it, who I was watching it with. I just have very vivid memories of this movie. Let us know what you have about what your thoughts about this time next week. So make sure you revisit it, watch it again, because we're going to talk about it next week. Later. We'll see you.